Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? I have told you. Are you deaf? No, you is blind. I'm not blind, you blind. That is what I just said. You just said what? I did not say what. I said you. That's what I'm asking you. And you was answering. Shut up. You. Yes. Not you. Him. What's your name? Me. Yes, you. I am me. He is me and I am you. I'm about to whoop your old ass, man. Welcome to Misfit Apparitions, the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Don. And I'm Ernest. And we are your hosts for a journey to an historical location known in paranormal circles as being haunted. You can reach us at MisfitApparitions.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our YouTube channel with the new handle at Misfit Apparitions. The podcast can be found on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Pandora, Stitcher, and CastBox. Availability on Apple Podcasts will be coming soon. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving us a like or a thumbs up and let others know about us. We would really appreciate that, and it would go a long way with the team. You can also drop us an email at mapod at misfitapparitions.com. That's M-A-P-O-D at misfitapparitions.com. So, Ernest, how was your uh, first day back at work? It was uh, it was hard getting up this morning, uh, but I made it. I'm still tired. Long trip. Yes, we returned from Iowa on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, it was a pretty eventful trip, I believe. You Would you say that? Oh, yeah, it was. It was... Uh, I can. Our, I mean, we knew going in how cold it was going to be, and uh, it it's not. It doesn't even compare to Texas um, cold weather because it was, you know, wearing double socks, thermals, uh, double gloves, hoodies, you know, everything, and I was still cold. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cold, and um, on top of those two locations that we had a really good time in, and I believe probably have a lot of footage to to go through and most likely something will be there we also had the privilege of staying at a place in glenwood iowa that i don't believe any of us knew was haunted no um i think the first night we stayed there i believe it was saturday saturday evening and uh, i was woken up a few times from hearing uh the floor creak creak like footsteps and uh of course everybody's asleep and uh but that i thought that was strange i mean I, did you hear anything i never hear anything once i'm out it's <laughs> over i mean i believe always, that i can sleep through a war i'm always the one that's that you know i guess stays up late but yeah i i did hear footsteps and um 
Crystal had said something that uh, before we came back from Belisca that she actually thought we were there. But in reality, we weren't even there yet. And she heard, what was that? She was telling you what she heard. She heard people talking on that oh, wow. floor that we were living or uh, staying at. There was a, they were on the bottom floor or, yeah, and we were on the second level. So, um, which looked like it was a church. At, well, it was a church at one time, but the level we were on was obvious that pews were in this large area, the living area where the, the ping pong table and the two sofas were. Right. And in the back area of the room where I was staying was the pew or the uh, pulpit. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they were hearing sounds. Crystal and Sergio left, um, departed Velisca very early in the morning because uh, Sergio had a, a prior engagement through a Zoom meeting. And at some point in that morning, as they're preparing, I guess, for his um, meeting, Crystal had told us she thought that we were Our there. Area. It was 7.30 or 8 o'clock, and um, no, we weren't there. <laughs> no, even the the day after when uh, we came back from Malvern, that it was like during the day, and we were exhausted, taking naps, and then I still heard footsteps. Yeah, it was just a wild place. I don't think any of us expected that. But I didn't. I didn't feel anything like heaviness, but it, yeah, I could hear stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm open to all of this stuff, um, but I unfortunately don't get a lot of opportunities to experience it. So let's get into today's episode, which is a place that we visited in December of last year, the historic Jefferson Hotel in Jefferson, Texas. So we're going to go back to the 1850s and the once populated land of the Caddo Indians and now known as the Piney Swamplands of Marion County, which is home to the small northeastern Texas town of Jefferson, specifically the Jefferson Hotel. Just less than a decade before Texas became the 28th state in the Union, Jefferson was known as a trading stop, being conveniently located near the banks of the Big Cypress Bayou and the westernmost port where goods could be transferred from boat to train. Prior to its present name as the historic Jefferson Hotel, the building began as a cotton warehouse before transforming into a hotel and brothel between 1870 and 1900. In fact, the recently discovered ledger revealed that the hotel's rooms rented for a buck and a nickel a night. What a rate. Wow. Its infamous second-floor wraparound veranda gave the hotel's brothel girls a place to advertise their, quote, assets. Hmm. During the Prohibition era, the hotel became a speakeasy under the name The Crystal Palace. The building has also been a gaming hall, a funeral home, and believe it or not, the upstairs was once a roller rink. Wow. Throughout its history, the building has had its fair share of owners, including the Schluter family, I believe that's German, um, a name associated with one of the first settlers in Jefferson. Its current owners, husband and wife Jeremy and Pam Jones, acquired the building in 2021 and celebrated their official grand opening last October. During their renovation period, the Joneses added new air conditioning, plumbing, paint, and an amazing half a million dollar array of antiques that fill and complement just about every room and space in the hotel. 
And some of those antiques are a 500-year-old $40,000 Chinese bed, an incredibly rare diamond dust mirror, a rare antique cash register, an old phone booth, a Fabergé egg, a confessional, a 150-year-old sun chair, a 100-year-old crystal chandelier from France on full display in the hotel's Crystal Palace Ballroom, and a nearly 8-foot-tall, 400-pound clock that required a crane for it to be installed on the building facade. That is quite a collection, and immediately grabs your attention as soon as you walk into the hotel's lobby. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I found some old photographs online that were taken before the Joneses took ownership. They show the hotel's interior, including the lobby and hallways of both floors, and its huge difference compared to today. One set of interior photos looks like what one would consider a standard in older hotels, while current interior photos give the hotel the feeling of staying the night in an antique store. It is pretty amazing what the owners have done. They also have set about giving themes to the 20 rooms available for stays, and I will briefly go over some of them. Room 3 is their antique cherub collection room. It has a king bed and a mini fridge. Room 4 also has a king bed and mini fridge, but a jacuzzi tub as well. Room 6 has three queen beds, allowing families of up to six to stay and it is themed in antique mirrors filling all walls and ceiling. Room 7 is full of carnival antiquities. Room 8 is themed after their oddities collection. Room 9 also has a king bed and is themed after their nautical styled antiques. Room 11 consists of a queen bed and themed after an old speakeasy. The room's original wood flooring features a small bar, minus the alcohol of course, and a speakeasy queen mannequin. Speakeasies were known for their secret entrances and this room is no different. It has a private staircase with a trap door that leads to the hotel's first floor. Room 14 is the doll themed room, full of various vintage and antique dolls. Room 15's theme is the model circus train exhibit, featuring vintage model trains. Room 19 has a haunted pass, which now leads us to talking about the hotel's paranormal activity. First off is the hotel's Book of the Dead, which has become a record of unexplained activity experienced by both guests and employees of the hotel. The current owners allow guests only to check out the book from the front desk and then read and write about their own experiences. Next are the mill children, a boy and a girl both of about 7 years old. The boy has been seen wearing knee-length breeches and the girl in a pinafore. They are said to be casualties of the building's cotton warehouse days, and they often appear to be chasing each other or heard laughing and enjoy pulling pranks on guests such as moving keys or valuables or turning on and off lights. The vanishing man is just that, an apparition of a man who vanishes into rooms. He is described as a tall male wearing a long coat and high boots who appears and vanishes as he pleases. And now room 19. Judy's mirror in room 19 is connected to the spirit of a teen girl thought to be a prostitute who was stabbed to death by a client and left to die in room 19's bathtub. 
There have been sightings of her in the midst of hot showers. She also leaves messages on the bathroom mirror. Some messages are warnings. Some are pleas for help. The other Room 19 paranormal attraction comes from a pregnant jilted bride named Lydia, who hanged herself from the bed's 12-foot-tall headboard. Former Jefferson Hotel manager Jody Breckenridge located proof in old newspapers to back the, the haunting. Quote, it happened in 1912. The woman's name was Lydia Grisby. Her family was staying at the hotel. The fiancé sent word that he wasn't coming to the wedding, and she came back to the hotel where she did hang herself, end quote. Despite the bed having inhabited rooms 12 and 14 prior to its present location in room 19, the attachment is to the bed, not the bed's location. But there is another area of the hotel that they do not advertise. It is not a hotel room, but another type of room, which we will talk about during our discussion of Misfit Apparitions investigation of the historic Jefferson Hotel last December. So Ernest, tell us about this other type of room, because until you mentioned it the day that we checked in, I had I don't recall ever hearing about it before. Uh, yes, it's um, it's called the Disappointments Room, and it's uh, right above Room 16. Um, what I found on video about uh, this room is when I mentioned it to you, and uh, of course it's not in, with the fee, but... It's uh, I believe it was a hundred dollars. You get to pay that amount to be able to go up to the attic. And this room was found boarded up in this very strange spot up in the attic. Um, not knowing what it was, he had the owner had to uh, take the door down as it was boarded up. He thought it was very strange because the room was only six by six, and it was built out of uh, old cedar with square nails, very old. Um, he did some research, and that's what he came up to know, that it was the disappointments room, which is when parents back then would have a child with disability, it was frowned upon to have them basically in and around other people. So that's why this room was built for that reason. Um, it, it's pretty bizarre and unbelievable to shame and uh, being, you know, disabled and disfigured. Um, that's why they were locked away in this room. And uh, that is why it's called the disappointments room. Um, like I said, it's, it's pretty sad. Yeah, that's, um, that is horrible. That would be, the place would be burned down today with today's society. Right. If, if that was yeah. discovered um, back then. Yeah, it's just, that was just what it was. Um, That's what, yeah, 1912 era, I guess. He... Yeah. Um, so let's uh, talk about our experience inside the disappointments room. So we uh, encountered a few things. Yeah, I don't remember what time we were there uh, when we went upstairs, but, uh, you know, out of us, <laughs> I'm the shortest one, and I still had a, you know, like practically crawl in uh, to the area. It's probably what, it's about four feet high maybe? Probably. From floor to ceiling up there. It's yeah, basically I, I, a roof that's placed over yeah, the, uh, the, the roof of, a, of the building. The attic 
it's just very arched and uh but uh they did have chairs for us to sit there even when we were sitting down we still had a hunch right and that's how small this place was um disappointment rooms they had, there was a bed in there uh i think they had like a little red light in there for I'm not sure why but they had a bed pillow and uh we did do some evps and stuff uh what we captured on the EVPs was a lot of moaning, a lot of breath. Uh, but uh, I think what really caught our eye was all three of us heard footsteps coming up the attic stairs and thinking that somebody was going to like open up the door. And of course, nobody opened up the door. But the strange thing about that is we never heard footsteps going back down. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I know you heard it, Mike heard it, so I I don't know how to explain what what that was. Yeah, it's um, it was bizarre um, hearing all that stuff and and just the little room itself was just it just so it was so out of place up there, but yeah, a bed and a light and just a pillow, just crazy. It, that even existed that kids were put up there uh, that does um, yeah that can't happen nowadays no no that would be frowned upon we yeah i mean the the whole place was phenomenal i mean like the history and all the props that they had in every bedroom um it was almost just so much to take pictures um in those bedrooms and stuff, even down the hallway. I mean, it, yeah, it's, I think, a, it's a it's a really good place to visit. If if even if you're not in the paranormal field, you can just go and and stay there and just be in awe about it. Yeah, I think we lost Mike for a while because he was off in his own world. He just gets wrapped up in all of those old things, and he'll. Just... Oh, that's right. He was like, dude. He was. He actually found a a section where. Not the actual stairs that go to the second floor, but he found like a, I can't forget how he, what he the called it. The speakeasy room, right? The, the stairs right, that went he, downstairs. Like, it was like really closed in. I mean, it, I, I was like getting claustrophobic just trying to walk through the stairs to get downstairs. And uh, it's like a hidden, to me, it's like a hidden compartment that you get from floor to floor. And props to the owners because we were the only people... On this entire second floor, there was a another a small a small family on the first floor. Right. And but props to the owners because they left the lights and the doors on to every room. That's right. We were allowed to go into any room we wanted. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. That's how we got kind of lost track of time there for a while. Just right. just losing yourself, and you go into one room and and you're there for a while, and another room has got so many antiquities and you just you just get lost in all that stuff. Yeah, because we we had the we had what room nineteen and eighteen. Right, we had the yeah, joint. We had those two rooms. So yeah, you're right. Like the whole hallway was all upstairs was just open. All the doors are wide open. You can go and sitting down and you can do EVPs and stuff. But like you said, we got lost in all the you know the props that they had. It was awesome. Yeah, um, our investigation didn't yield a lot of things. Um, that, Things that we can't explain, we can't explain the footsteps. We're the only ones on the second floor, so I don't know where that came from. 
Perhaps it was something coming up the stairs and then just stopped and just disappeared. I don't know. But Mike was supposed to join us uh, this evening as well, He, but he had to cancel. We talked about what he was going to talk about, and he said he was going to talk about um, the person that moved the doll. Do you remember this? He, I remember he said something like the next day or the next morning. Yeah, or... like she was moving a doll around, and I, I, I just, I don't know where he was going with that. I just said, well, maybe she was putting it in a different location of the hotel. Right. A lot, I, I'm pretty sure all those props move around from time to time. Well, there's one that, you know, where the doll bedroom was, mm-hmm. and there was a doll outside. I don't know what it was. It was in something I can't remember. It was last December, but... It was walking by as we were filming, and the head moved. And I had said, dude, this head just moved. And then you had stopped and turned around, and we noticed that it's plugged in. (laughs) (laughs) So it was plugged into the wall, so that's what was making the head move. Debunked. Debunked. Yeah, it was moving left and right. You just never know in this place. You just don't do not know. And we were downstairs, and I think the owners... Well, the owners were really nice. They kept telling us to go downstairs and and uh you know have a few drinks or whatever and uh you know i thought that was you know they were yeah jeremy and pam so they're the owners but i think at some point during the night when we were downstairs and she was downstairs sitting at the table in the um, crystal palace ballroom and i remember seeing these kids and I did not know if they were real. I didn't know they were walking around, and all I thought about was the mill kids. But they didn't look like anything that was described as no, being the mill I, kids. I think uh, when you asked me, I was I was kind of feeling the same way. But then I was like, wait a minute, uh, the little boy had a you know like a phone, a smartphone on him. So I was like, no, it can't be. No, it can't be. Well, if it, if it was one of the kids, they're just taking a smartphone and hiding it. They they were pranksters, right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we did um, see a lot of a lot of oddities. They had something from it looked like uh, the King Tut era. It it uh, it had we didn't capture a whole lot, but there was a lot of noise going on. And uh, uh, I remember when we were in room eighteen, we were setting up or we were redoing, you know, battery check and all that stuff. And we would hear knocks. Yeah, and uh, of course. Here we go again where I stayed up because Mike stayed in room 19 because it was just too hot for me. I mean, the heater was just like... That's right. The heater was like on steroids in there. It was like I couldn't even breathe. So you and I stayed in room 18, but I believe it was around 4 in the morning that uh, I heard like boots, footsteps coming down the hallway, which I checked nothing and there's been known to see what is a dark the the vanishing man the vanishing man and i don't know if that could have been him i don't know but there were these were you could distinguish that these were boots or walking down the hallway of course and then you know once the morning comes i asked mike because you know mike he smokes so i thought maybe he was walking because we were the only ones on the second floor Mm -hmm. and he's like no i never got up could have been. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I hear these things and everybody's asleep. That's right. It's 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 <laughs> like the uh, 
<laughs> it's like those stories of the kids that see things that the parents don't see and then when it comes time it's like it's not there it's like parents yeah. are just like yeah, right. yeah yeah whatever that's me <laughs> truly is truly is um let's see is there anything else that's interesting about that oh so it was kind of cold when we were there oh yeah it but was the next morning it was a surprise to see it snowing yes that was strange so i remember you did wake me up because i stayed up late but anyway you're like dude it's like snowing outside i was like oh wow didn't even but you know what no even though it was cold and it was snowing it still didn't feel like iowa <laughs> that's true yeah nothing <laughs> feels like that place that is going to be a, a separate podcast and a half probably just to talk about the things that went on there of course as we go through all the uh multiple or, or over 200 hours of video footage from our cameras um hopefully we will have really interesting things to talk about there's also uh of course you know how mike is and Mike had uh, started talking to not the owner, but I think it was the father, the grandpa. And they were talking that they, there was a safe, a huge safe, taller than me, that was underneath the stairs. And mm -hmm. they still, well, I don't know if they, by now, but I know when we were there last December, they still had not opened that yet. Or they couldn't find someone to get it open. Do you remember that? There was so much stuff there. It's 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 one of those things where you need to go multiple times to yeah. to because you'll miss something. And I missed a lot of things. There was a lot of things. Just the lobby itself was just walking in like it just slaps slaps you in the face. It, like, there's so much stuff in there. Beautiful stuff. This uh, the couple they they collected things and that's they yeah. fulfilled their passion for this and it's great for them. And if you ever get a chance to go there, it's in Jefferson, Texas, and it is open. Also, they uh, might mean to cut you off there, Don, but also we also did the museum, which was across the street. That's true. That's, that was pretty cool because they had, uh, when Mike went to heaven with the train back there, that was pretty neat. They had a huge, huge train in its own building, and it it was set in the southwest era like desert right. and and they they decked it out with toy cars buildings old every cars yeah old toy cars like from that period but that was in the old post office right right which was really and we we got to go to of course it's ten dollars to per person but we got to go to the i believe it was the third floor of where they had the court yeah and then they had the the rooms where they sat before they went upon the judge so that that was interesting to do that there was even a little space that somebody would sit and look through a i guess it was a two-way mirror at the floor in the post office and oh, they yeah. can they catch people doing things oh yeah yeah you're right interesting oh yeah well i think that's going to do it for this episode um, we have one more before Christmas. We're not sure what that one's going to be, but hopefully it'll be us two and Mike. Perhaps Crystal and Sergio can join us as well. 
we will be heading to Presidio, La Bahia, and Goliad on December the 19th. And there will be a pod, one more podcast after that to end the year. And so far, um, I think we're getting the hang of this podcast thing. Yeah, I think uh, we still have a hangover from Iowa trip, but, and, you know, not drinking hangovers. Just, we just, we're t- I'm tired. And shout out to Ariel from Historically Haunted. Yes. Hello, Ariel. <laughs> we love your podcast. Absolutely. Um, I was ecstatic that the video, I was not expecting us to shoot video doing it that way, but I looked at my phone and it said 5G and I was extremely pleased and I thought it went well. She thought it went well. I think all of us thought it went well. Yeah, it did. And we yeah. got to give her a visual tour after the interview of the entire house. And and she gave us her theories on how it happened. I don't want to give those away because she may talk about that in her podcast, which is supposed to drop uh, this week, I believe. So give her props. She she does good, good work, and I expect a, this one to be a really good episode. Um, not only because we're in it, but <laughs> she just does her research and she does a damn good job. So look out for Historically Haunted wherever podcasts are listened to. Yes. All right. So thanks for listening. And um, don't get too wrapped up in the gift giving. Try not to get crazy like we see that here all the time. It's been it's just exponentially increased. Um, during this time of year, unfortunately. People make stupid mistakes on the road, and next thing you know, lives change badly. So be safe, and thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll be back before Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye.